Welcome to the Christian Life Institute and our radio message, The Living Way, with Dr. Katherine Pang, psychologist, author, and teacher. The Living Way brings a message of healing and hope that starts with a desire to live differently, to know Christ more deeply. With exhortation and encouragement, Dr. Pang's teaching is based on both scripture and brain science. We can learn to grow forward in Christ with practical, real ways, living victoriously as overcomers in, but not of, this world. And now, Dr. Katherine Pang. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm Dr. Katherine Pang, and it's so great to share this time together. Welcome to The Living Way, the radio ministry of the Christian Life Institute, and the Christian Life Institute's purpose to grow Christians forward, to live victoriously as overcomers in, but not of the world, through the hope and healing of Christ. If you miss any of our Saturday evening messages, you can listen to them as podcasts and find a link and more information on our website, christianlifeinstitute.com. As we begin, you may want to grab a Bible and follow along as we share scripture throughout our time together this evening. In our time together this evening, we will journey through some stories, as well as walk through Hebrews 12, 12 through 25. As background, the book of Hebrews is thought to be written to Jewish Christians, struggling under a certain level of persecution. Their temptation? To adopt a more socially acceptable form of religion, one without an emphasis on the resurrected Savior. Sound familiar? The author of Hebrews is focused on emphasizing how foolish it would be to depart from the truth of Christ, as Christ is the only truth, and they and we must remain faithful to the truth of Christ, even when it's unpopular and challenging. Let's read Hebrews 12, 12 through 24, so that we may take a new grip on Jesus, the mediator of our new covenant. And I quote, Therefore, Take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that the limb which is impaired may not be dislocated but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God springing up causes trouble and by it many become defiled that there be no sexually immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought for it with tears. For you have not come to a mountain that can be touched, into a blazing fire, into darkness and gloom and whirlwind, into the blast of a trumpet and the sound of words, which sound was such that those who heard begged, that no further word be spoken to them, for they could not cope with the command, if even an animal touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I am terrified and trembling. But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel, see to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. The message is clear for us. 
let us choose right here, right now, to take a new grip. Let's choose a straight path. Let's choose to pursue peace. Let's not allow roots of bitterness to take and dictate our choices or our paths. Let's be reminded that there is always a place for repentance, and his name is Jesus, the mediator of our new covenant. Let's choose obedience and not refuse him, Jesus, who is speaking to us, to you and I, personally today. Let's examine a few key words from these verses. In verse 12, take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. The title of this message tonight is Take a New Grip. These words are a vivid reminder that we can adjust at any moment. All too often our weaknesses, frustrations, disappointments ourselves block our ability to see that at any moment of any day we can take a new grip. The author of Hebrews acknowledges our hands, your hands, are likely tired from the messiness of living in but not of this world. Have you ever realized how your body tenses with emotion, fatigue, poor posture, or overuse? Has your jaw ever felt tight because you've been clenching without realizing it? Have your shoulders and upper back felt sore because you've been working on the computer all day and not paying attention to your ergonomics? Often our body is sore because it has been clenched, carrying anxiety, fear, pain, shame, holding on too tightly. In our Monday and Thursday blogs, as an FYI, we post blogs twice per week in the week of April 12th, which you can read on our website, christianlifeinstitute.com, or receive by email by joining our mailing list. And you can sign up on the website or email us at radio at christianlifeinstitute.com, and we'll add you to the list. We asked in those blogs from the week of April 12th, what are you holding on to? What are you hesitant, fearful, unwilling to let go of? Often when we, our grip is too tight, we are holding on out of concern, conditioning, custom, culture, comfort, or for any reason, our muscles become fatigued. Our tired hands need a new grip. Our weak needs need an infusion of his strength, power, and refreshment from the truth of his word. Right now, in this moment, take a moment and breathe. Can you ask the Lord to reveal to you what you're gripping too tightly? where your weakness is, and we all have them are located, and what they're connected to, can you right now, right here, choose to take a new grip? Let's choose to take a new grip together and set a straight path for our feet. In verse 13, we read, mark out a straight path for your feet, or make straight paths for your feet. The Bible is full of verses pertaining to straight paths. For example, in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, we read, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. In Psalm 5 through 8, Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. In Psalm 25, 4, Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Why is a straight path so important? At its core, a straight path aligns us with Christ. A straight path holds us accountable and reduces the opportunities to deviate, wander, follow our flesh. Walking after Christ requires a path. 
Walking after Christ requires intentionality. Walking after Christ doesn't mean that the events in our life or our encounters will be easy, clear, or straight, but it does mean that the way can be clear. The way is Christ, and the way is aligned with his truth and his attributes. The psalmist asked the Lord to lead in his righteousness, to make his ways known, and to teach his path. In Proverbs, we read that we are to trust in him and not in our own way of thinking, believing, understanding, and in all our ways acknowledge him, and he will make the path straight. The message resonates with that of Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Let us choose to align our paths with Christ's path. Let us cry out, Lord, lead me and make my path straight. Let my path be your path, O Lord. We are then exhorted in verse 14 to pursue peace with all people. Wow, really? Now that's a big ask. As we are perhaps saying within, Lord, do you not recognize that people are difficult, messy, hard, unfair, and may not want peace? And by the way, Lord, like, you can't be serious. All people? The Lord knows what we're thinking, so we might as well say it out loud and confess it. The Lord knows. It may appear as if the Lord is making big asks, but remember, he is not asking us to do it. He is asking us to submit, surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit in us who will do it for us. Murray, Andrew Murray, writes in one of my favorite books, and the one we recommend is the first read at the Christian Life Institute, Absolute Surrender, and I quote, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. All around you there is a world of sin and sorrow, and the devil is there. But remember, or as we would say, but God, Christ is on the throne. Christ is stronger, Christ has conquered, and Christ will conquer. Get linked to God, or as we would say, align with God. Adore and trust him as the omnipotent, able to do anything, one. Pursue is a great word. It means to seek after, to follow after with vigor, with energy, with purposed, intentional determination. It requires intentionality and activation. There is an inherent choice in the word pursue. To pursue, I must choose. I choose to intentionally seek after, in this verse, peace with all people. Peace, freedom from disturbance. Peace, tranquility. Biblical peace has a connotation of rest. It is not worldly peace. Jesus says in 1427, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. It is the satiating, fulfilling, contented peace of our Savior. The command in verse 14 is to pursue peace with all people. The choice is presented before us, no matter the person, no matter the circumstance, no matter, period. To choose the way of peace, actively, intentionally pursue it. You and I must make the first step into his peace relationally. We cannot effectively pursue peace if we are resentful. We cannot effectively pursue peace if we are bitter. We cannot effectively pursue peace with unforgiveness in our hearts. 
we cannot effectively pursue peace without his love. You and I must be cleansed within. We must seek his work within us and choose to obey his commandments to love and forgive. Without a spiritual cleaning within, we cannot pursue peace with all men effectively. It starts with a choice to be personally, spiritually cleansed, and then a choice to pursue through the Holy Spirit peace, not with some, but with all. Let me just remind us that yes, a relationship of peace requires two people. The pursuit of peace, however, does not ensure a relationship. Rather, it requires only you and is not a function of another. Let me repeat, the pursuit of peace requires only your surrender and your willingness. The outcome is with the Lord. The pursuit of peace begins with you and me. Let us choose to pursue peace with all. In verse 15, we read, See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. The words see to it are also an invitation to action. In order to see to, we must make a choice to pay attention, to look for and look after. We read, see to it that no one, yes, that's that all word again, that no one comes short of the grace of God. What does that mean? With intentional attention, watchfulness and care, make sure that those who are in Christ stand fast, continue forward, do not step out of God's amazing grace into the destructive ways of the flesh, legalism, the culture, the world. We are to come alongside one another, care for, protect, shepherd one another into the grace of God, and not allow roots of bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment, things that cause trouble. We read, see to it that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. Roots of bitterness divide. Roots of bitterness, by definition, produce conflict and trouble. Don't allow poisonous roots of false doctrine, worldly thinking, legalism, or anything that is not of the truth of the word to lead those who profess Christ astray. We must remain steadfast and faithful. Finally, in verses 18 and 22, we have the great contrast of the restrictions of the old covenant and the freedom found in the new. The author of Hebrews reminds us that we do not have an unapproachable Savior represented by the Mosaic Mountain in verse 18, but instead we have a living, approachable Savior, the mediator of the new covenant. In verse 18, for you have not come to a mountain that can be touched, as contrasted with verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, verse 24. And our radio broadcast on April 10th, which you can listen to on the Living Way podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, or by clicking the link on the radio page on our website, we shared some of what Jesus faced when he walked among broken humanity in this messy world. He knew temptation, poverty, frustration, weariness, disappointment, rejection, sorrow, ridicule, loneliness, and so much more. Christ, the mediator of the new covenant, is approachable, empathetic, compassionate, aware of our losses and our triumphs. In Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, we read, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, 
but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It is clear in these verses that Jesus, our high priest, can and does sympathize with our weaknesses and we can draw near to him, his throne of grace, to receive mercy and find grace in time of need. Christ is accessible. Christ is available. Christ is aware. Christ is alert and active. Christ is our amen. Now let's connect the final dots in the last verse we are gleaning from, from back within our main passage, Hebrews 12, verse 25, where we read, See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. Note the beauty of the connection from Hebrews 12:14. Let us hold fast to our confession. In Hebrews 12:25, do not refuse him who is speaking. All have choices. Every choice has a consequence. A consequence which we are defining as a result of an affect or action can be one which draws us closer to the throne of grace or moves us away from his protective care. Take a moment and ask yourself, where are you right now? Are you closer to the throne of grace or are you further away from his protective care? If we choose to move ever so slightly from our confession, if we choose to make a choice contrary to his will or way, we are in essence not holding fast to our confession and refusing him who is speaking. Every time we make a choice from our flesh, we refuse him who is speaking. Every time we do what is right in our own sight, what feels good, we're refusing him who is speaking. We tend not to think about our self-willed choices as disobedience or refusing him who is speaking. But the truth is, every action of the flesh, every utterance of the tongue, as we read in James 3.6, is poisonous to ourselves and to our relationships. When we reveal the truth in our words and actions, we can see why Paul said in Romans 7.15, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. And in verses 18 through 20, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I don't want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. It is a battle for each of us, and the battle is real. The flesh is very strong and powerful. The flesh wants its own way when it wants it. The flesh is a two-year-old having a temper tantrum, whether you are eight or 80, which is why we must crucify the flesh, as we read in Galatians 5.24. Do not underestimate the power of your flesh. If we as Christ followers want to not refuse him who is speaking, if we as Christ followers want the abundant life in Christ, we must choose to surrender into his loving, forgiving arms, his life-giving arms of mercy and grace. We cannot serve ourselves and our Lord. Our flesh and our spirit can never, ever, 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 ever be friends. And the flesh will never, ever, 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 ever lead you closer to Christ. Paul writes in Galatians 5.17, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. 
for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. The flesh has one master, itself. The spirit has one master, the Lord. Let's hear from one of our listeners on this topic who sent us a story snippet, and I quote, At the beginning of my eating disorder relapse, I didn't consciously know what was happening. It wasn't until I was eating 90-calorie yogurts every three days that I began to think I had a problem. Even then, I had made friends with my flesh. Every quiet thought from the spirit that said, It's not too late. You can turn around. I very simply and easily pushed away and justified my own actions. I wasn't concerned with anyone else around me. I didn't care to hear their thoughts on the situation. I had it handled under control. Looking back, I can now see the pain and destruction I allowed my disorder to cause, not only to myself, but to everyone around me. Even when I would admit that I was giving in to my flesh, I would never admit that my actions were affecting others, only me. That's the thing, though. My sin doesn't just affect me. We'd like to believe it does, so it's easier to justify walking into it, but it causes pain to everyone who deeply cares about you, not only to them, but more importantly, it devastates and grieves the Lord. I believe my walk in recovery has been a lot messier than my time spent with the flesh. That's because for half the time I've been in recovery, I wasn't doing it for myself, but for my family. I didn't want others to worry. I didn't want to be questioned or spoken to about it. I wanted to act like my flesh was just gone. I now know I was just trying to convince myself I was being obedient to the Lord, that really I had chosen to be faithful to him and my recovery journey. Even though I had made progress, it always came back to holding on to small parts of my disorder. Making the choice to be obedient first to Christ was difficult. I had to constantly move past myself. However, once I really and truly made that choice to lay down my sin at the foot of the cross, once I aligned with my values, not my disorder, to Christ, that obedience has been the most freeing aspect of my life. Thank you, listener, for your vulnerability in sharing your journey with us. Whether you have an eating disorder, unresolved hurt, another addiction, whatever your struggle or pain, we can glean from this listener that even though it's hard and messy, the choice to align oneself with Christ and choose obedience to the Savior over the power of the flesh is what brings the freedom, the healing, and hope that can only be found in Christ. No matter where you are or what you are experiencing, please know that right here, right now, you can bring whatever it is to the foot of the cross. There is nothing too big for our Creator. There is nothing hidden from our Creator. There is nothing the Lord will not walk you through and walk in your healing if you truly want to put Him first in your life. I exhort and encourage all of you to come to the cross. Come who all are weary. Come all who are broken. Come to the cross of His healing love. Confess, as our listener did, the struggles of the flesh, the deception of your own way, and surrender into him who loves you and wants you to know him in a deep, meaningful, and powerful way. Accept his forgiveness. Forgive yourself in his power and love. And choose, as our listener, to walk forward as a surrendered vessel in his freedom, knowing that when struggles come in Christ, you can move through them in his victory as an overcomer in, but not of this world. The purpose of the Christian Life Institute is palpable. We want all who profess Christ to taste and see that the Lord is good, to truly, deeply, intimately, and personally want Christ to be your all in all. We pray this is a time of refreshment and growth. We value your prayers. We value your support. 
We welcome your stories and your questions. Please email them to us at radio at christianlifeinstitute.com. And please spread the word of healing and hope. We thank you for joining us for The Living Way, presented by the Christian Life Institute. Please make a note to tune in next Saturday at 6.30 p.m. or listen to our messages anytime by clicking the link on our radio ministry page on our website. We covet your prayers. We value your support. Thank you for joining us in our growth journey together in the healing power of Christ. Thank you for listening to The Living Way with Dr. Katherine Pang. This program is sponsored by Christian Life Institute. Follow the Christian Life Institute on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. We welcome your stories and questions. Please email us at radio at christianlifeinstitute.com and please visit our website at christianlifeinstitute.com. That's christianlifeinstitute.com. We look forward to growing forward together next week.